0: Good evening, one and all. Welcome along to season three, episode 34 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. Tonight I'm joined by Rich and by Lauren to discuss the Cardinals games. How are we both doing, gentlemen?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad now that we've had time to digest it.
0: (laughs) Rich is drinking, there's just trouble ahead. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it says it all right why why are we going to put that that kind of energy out there straight off the bat now right <laughs> come on now
0: this is true um i have got a message in from someone saying that, that uh, from alan where's the video so i'm not sure if there's, alan... if there's an issue um or if people are seeing us on facebook if you are can you just drop us a quick message and let us know um if you can't see the video switch over to our Twitter page and you should be able to grab us there or switch over to YouTube. We should be live on YouTube. So just let us know.
2: Surely surely, if they can't see it, they wouldn't have heard you say that.
0: Mm, That's true. (laughs) And we do have four people. (laughs) We do do have four people viewing us. So um, look, let's see. Oh, yeah. And Andy Minet has come in and said, yeah, we can see you. So happy days. That's good to know, folks. Thank you very much.
2: I'm sorry for your loss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, gentlemen, as always, uh, Mm. we lost 25-22 at the weekend, 11-5. We've dropped to the fourth ranking in the NFC. Um, Give us your initial thoughts on Sunday's performance.
1: Uh, Defence, I thought, played very well, albeit they didn't get any turnovers. Um, Offence, I mean, I I was saying to you earlier, I mean, did Kellen Moore even go back and look at the Denver Broncos game from 2017? Because uh, that defence that Vance Joseph was uh, putting out was exactly the same as back back in that game. Um, almost, to, almost to the stats as well in terms of um, what we saw with uh, Zeke Elliott rushing. And then, you know, our offensive line, I know we're going to be um, blasting them, but, I mean, you know, that was a fairly substandard um, performance by them.
0: Go on, Rich.
2: Yeah. The, um, I think we need to sort of go back to where we began. Right at the beginning, um, sort of after the draft, or even before the draft, where we said basically, if we get to the playoffs, generally that's as, a, about as great as we can expect, given where they were last year, especially with the defense to have done that um, in one year and one turnaround through one draft, um, and actually have the defense carry them over a fair course of that um, of the season to win enough games to be able to do that um, I think is a very good thing Um, ultimately I'm saying that because we all got a bit excited um, generally with how things were going we thought there's a chance this offense can get itself out of its rut it did it for a game then whatever happened the other night happened the other night I don't know but they've very much shown that at the minute they can't contend with uh, with the higher-level teams um, that are going to be in the playoffs. Or at least, if they do, it's going to be very much a case of any given Sunday. So they've they got a chance because they're in the playoffs, but you can say that about any playoff team. You can't sit here. Nobody can sit here and say the Cowboys are a genuine contender right now. You yeah. can't say it honestly, hand on heart. Realistically. Yeah.
0: yeah I, th- I, th- I think you make a fair point. It was kind of the go the lead up to this game a lot of the talk was that this is the litmus test are they a contender or are they just another pretender are we being led up the garden path by a weak division which as we, well, we've gone 5 and 0 so far against the division and i've had very few standout performances i mean i think the two best performances we had were the patriots game and that was I'm
2: struggling outside of that. Well, I mean, they have had moments, in fairness. Mm. The very first game against the Bucks, we were all actually coming out of that actually in a good place, feeling reasonably Mm. happy. Nobody was actually expecting them to win that game. Um, Patriots game, definitely. Those early games, 100%, because the defence was playing to a a much better level than we thought it was going to, especially in comparison to last year, and the offence was firing. It's exactly where we thought it was going to be. And then, obviously, Dad gets injured, and then from then on it's been it's been a mystery
1: yeah, yeah and considering we've been so hot at home this year denver, denver aside the you know we've we've be, we're what five and two at home now, um mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. uh, You know, obviously Denver aside, you know, and yes, it's the quality of the competition. You know, we had Atlanta, we had Washington, who we blew out as well. Um, I see, I see. They're about to next month. They're going to announce what their new name is. So that we'll all be on bated breath to see if it's copycats or scandalists. But or um, benches, or benches, (laughs) which
2: suits them perfectly.
1: Yeah, I I know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been hot at home. We've we've struggled on the road, which most teams do anyway. You you expect to struggle on the road because it's a hostile environment. Um, but I mean, you know, we we should be winning games on the on the way, and this now means that yeah, okay, we can we can still get into second or third seed for uh, depending on how things go this weekend, but. Um, you know, if we stay in the fourth, we've got likelihood is we've got either the Rams or the Cardinals again. And then if you win that, you go to chances are you're gonna to go to Green Bay for mm-hmm. the divisional round as well. So it just makes it all that much harder to get anywhere um towards yeah. the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And the way the way the league is is that you, you can be up one season, you can be back down in the Doldrums the next season. So, you know, it's not a case of a window anymore. You've basically got to make the most of it all the time.
0: Yeah. I think Craig has kinda has kind of summed it up pretty well in saying that it's a roller coaster yeah. and just enjoy the highs and the lows will will take care of themselves. But as always, folks, don't be afraid to let us know what your thoughts are on the performance at the weekend. Let us know your studs. There weren't too many, but let us know what your thoughts were on that. Let us know who your duds were. There were plenty of them and we will discuss them. Um as we say, other you know, without your interaction with we're just three guys here sitting talking amongst ourselves, so make sure you get your comments in. But um, before we go much further, let's get into the news. And Paul Paul is trying to bring us back up and say, still, all things considered, we have drastically improved overall as teams oh, since yeah. last season.
1: We have yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was my that.
2: overall point. It was that mm. I think going expecting not so much expecting, but hoping um that this team goes from where it was to the Super Bowl or even just a contender w- really was very slim chances, um, mm. but yeah,
0: yeah, so unfortunately. Over the weekend, um, Dan Reeves, former player and coach of the Cowboys um, passed away from complications with dementia, um, so as always, we'd love to pass along our condolences to the Reeves family and to the wider Cowboys mm-hmm. family um, on that. Um, Michael Gallup, unfortunately, has been lost for the rest of this season as a result of an ACL tear. In better news, Blake Jarwin has been designated to return from IOR. And DeMarcus Ware is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, any of those you'd like to discuss, gentlemen?
1: I think the the Gallup injury is obviously very distressing because you know, um, Mm. it's it didn't even happen that you know his foot got stuck on the ground. It looked like it just as he took off in the air, something popped. You know, and I mean. If, if the pain shooting through his body to actually still carry on and make that catch is, is quite something. Um, now it, it maybe plays into our hands a little bit um, that, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be an eight to uh, six to eight month injury, um, which means probably just going to be beginning a training camp might be able to start um, working back in. So, an ACL tear now is isn't the same as um, five ten years ago where it was it was still fifty fifty if he would come back a hundred percent or not, um, but it it might it might turn a few teams shy on him uh, come the free agency season, um, and I mean I know Stephen was on one hundred five three this week and so there's the plan is still to try and get him signed to some sort of deal. Um, yeah. The the Dan Reeves situation, I mean, obviously it's it's really bad, particularly start of the year. You know, he, he makes it makes it to New Year's Day and then the announcement came out that it was just after the bells that yeah. um it happened. Um again, great coach, great player for a start for us. I mean, he he threw a touchdown pass as a half back option pass in the ice ball. Um, yeah. you know. He was a quarterback coming out of college. Uh wasn't gonna obviously wasn't gonna cut it in the NFL as a quarterback, so he moved to running back. Um and, you know, obviously did very well with uh, Landry's offense, went on to become Landry's offensive coordinator before obviously getting the, the, the chances with um Denver, Atlanta, uh New York Giants as well, he was with as well. So um you know, and you you don't. Most coaches don't get the chance of, of just uh, you know going to the Super Bowl with one team. He went to the Super Bowl with both Atlanta and Denver. So I know numerous occasions with Denver as well. Just obviously coming up short each time. Yeah.
0: So Rich Demarcus Ware Hall of Fame bound, mm. bound first ballot of Hall of Famer.
2: Yep. Um, I mean, it's great for him, obviously, well-deserved. Um, mm-hmm. There are still certain people who, due to some sort of cosmic mystery, are not being put forward for the Hall of Fame, such um, as <laughs> the way, I guess, pretty much. Yeah, um, that's what I was on about for a start. Um, I'm sure there's others that even we are forgetting about, but it's, yeah. unfortunately, that does seem, even though it shouldn't be, it seems part of the course. Um, but, yeah, very well deserved no one's surprised at it. I think everyone can really get behind that. I think if he doesn't i 'll be quite surprised to be honest um, yeah. yeah, given his tenure and just how much of a nice guy and how well liked he is as well
0: yeah and I mean I think I think we've seen quite a bit of to here in the u k and mm-hmm. Ireland. I think he 's been on a lot of skies coverage, and he 's been given you know some some of the kind of clinics in in how he, he played the game and technique and stuff like that. So, I mean, he seems he seems to be a guy who has a lot of great knowledge of the game and is willing to pass it on. And hopefully someday soon we'll make a great coach for someone, I think.
2: 100%. Is he involved in the background of the, the Cowboys org? He, um, he's he been involved with Micah Parsons, I believe it was. Yeah. Micah Parsons went and did some work with him in the off-season. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I even now. He, he's actually... Know.
1: Yeah, I think he's actually more involved with Denver's... He's actually on Denver's payroll, as an hmm. As a... Um, consultant, is that A
0: consultant, a consu-
1: that's consultant. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Um, and I know, obviously, you saw um, June Hard Knocks, that he is getting together with Mike Parsons and yeah. teaching him a few things. Hopefully that continues this off-season. But um, yeah. I, d- I don't know when you'll next see him uh, properly on... Uh, Properly on somebody's staff.
0: Yeah, um, it it very much seems to be a case of you know turn he 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 taught up Tyron Smith and hopefully Tyron is is now repaying that favor back to Micah Parsons during during the season. Um, but just something I did want to pull up here from Andy, and it's you know saying if if someone offered us an eleven or twelve win season, um that we would have snapped our hands off. I think, Gandy, yeah. I think that's dead right. I think, I think it's more, I think what all of us would like to see is this team and this organization being a consistent 10, 11, 12 game a season yeah. winning team, not just up and down, that they're steady every year you're winning, having a winning record, but then going in 10, 11, 12, even 13 games.
2: Yeah, yeah, and the the bit that sort of reinforces that and the reason that so many people get pissed off with it is because this team is very talented, specifically on the yeah. offensive side of the ball now, obviously, which is yeah. where the majority of the issues have, have lain for the latter half of the season. Um, it's extremely talented. Even with the injuries, look at what they've managed to do with the injuries throughout the season. Um They've got a probably one of, or they've got the deepest, and I think one of, if not the best, wide receiver room. Certainly, the deepest wide receiver room in the NFL. And yeah. um, they've got a great one-two punch at running back. They have got a serviceable, generally you'd say a serviceable offensive line. Obviously, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dak is a very, very, very good quarterback. He is. There's no getting away from it. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think it's fair to say he's no Aaron Rodgers and he's no Tom Brady, but he is a very, very good quarterback. Yeah. Um you've got two two actually very good tight ends that have since come out since Jason Witten's left. I think it's fair to say Dalton Schultz has pulled ahead a bit due to his um yep. or his yep. his abilities over Jarwin um, in terms of blocking, but again, he's not perfect and that was evident in the game. But it's 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 too deep to yeah. be having these kinds of issues. Um there is still time. I mean, at the end of the day, we've still got a game left. Then we got the playoffs. At any point, they can do exactly what they did last weekend against Washington yeah. and pull their finger out and have an absolute blazer. And yeah. then all of a sudden, they go in and they win the playoff game. Everything's forgiven. Realistically, although yeah. that's a lot of sins are forgiven for one win in the playoffs. And if they somehow mm-hmm. manage to get get into the divisional championship game, then that's pretty much all your, your sins forgiven right there. And God forbid, if you yeah. win it, like it's going to be freaking insane. And um, no, don't yeah. get me wrong. That is going back into a very uphill battle, but there's a chance. This team is talented. The good thing is they're not in the position that other teams are hmm. where they haven't got the people available because of COVID or injury. They just need to get the fingers out their asses and figure out what the hell's going on and fix it. Now, Yeah, if they can do that, they, they could. They are talented enough to make a deep run. Whether they do or not is a different kettle of fish. But there is yeah. still time, so yeah. we could be seeing off a completely different hem sheet in a week or two. Yeah. And I, mean, I think
1: the, I... the thing you always say is you've got to get you've got to get to the party to to, to stand the chance. Now, okay, we've yeah. got to we've got to the party. Can can we do anything? You'd like to be hit. You'd like to be hitting your stride two, three, four games out. And we thought we were last week, albeit, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was against Washington. Um, you know, and now we've, and, you know, as they say, you know, you can go in with the best game plan in the world. As soon as you get smacked in the mouth one time, that's it. It's, uh, you know, can can you adjust to everything? So we just didn't yeah. seem to be able to adjust.
2: 100%. <laughs> and if you, you, you know, you, there's lots of arguments to be made to say, well, no one really cares about preseason. You can have a terrible preseason and everyone thinks your team's horrible. If you come out and perform well, down the stretch, let alone in September or October, you perform well down the stretch. No one cares about preseason. No one really remembers preseason after it happens yeah. anyway. Everyone's just glad for it because football starts earlier. That's pretty much yeah. it. And you get to see the rookies. That's that, that's pretty much it. You get an idea of what's going to happen. No one cares about preseason. We're basically in the preseason for the playoffs right now. Now, yes, there's an argument to be made for seedings, but at the end of the day, if you want to class yourself as a Super Bowl contender, um, I've never really hung much on, on seedings. It's great if you get it. If you don't, if if you, your plan is to win the Super Bowl and you genuinely think you're a contender and you can beat anyone, then go beat everyone. Playing an extra yeah. game or playing in someone else's house shouldn't faze you. and shouldn't bother you. And I would far yeah. rather go and, to be honest, go and beat some, some other team. I would far rather go and beat Green Bay in Lambeau yeah. than beat them at AT&T. Because yeah. then yeah. they can't turn around and say, oh, well, it was at AT&T. Yeah. You pull that off at Lambeau, that's, that's sick. That's something that's not going to get forgotten for a very long time. Yeah. So personally, anything that happens realistically right now in the last couple of games or next weekend, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. As long as everyone's healthy and makes it into the playoffs, who gives a crap? Yeah. So really, yeah. the game that's just gone, yes, it's indicative of everything going forward, but who gives a crap?
0: Yeah. One and way I, think, gonna... Rich, I think you made this point on Sunday, Rich, after the game, is that it's better to have lost on Sunday.
2: And yeah. Make your mistakes. yeah, make like your mistakes that. now. Yeah, so it's exactly yeah. the same as the preseason. You'd rather make, yeah. you want to make your mistakes when it doesn't matter rather than when it Mm-mm. does. You want yeah. to make all your mistakes in preseason, get all that out of the way. If you're going to have any any stumbling blocks early on in the season, is better, obviously. Um yeah. Any kind of practice is better to get all the crap out of the way first.
0: Yeah, and I think as as Paul is saying here, look, this time last year the Bucks were in this position. What well, they went on the road for their three games to get the to get to the Super Bowl, which yep. they won in their own stadium by 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 fluke or by nature. Um there are a couple of comments and I'll bring them up and look, I think it's time we'll we'll flip it over and let's talk. So there's comments there, um again from Andy just saying look we'd be favoured over the wildcard Cardinals in a ro- in a mm. wild card round. Um we were horrendous and we only lost by three and tighten up a few turns. It's very winnable.
2: Very true. Which is fair.
0: Yeah. Which is very fair. Um, I'm just going to bring up the, um, the new, the the points here, just the statistics. So um, another point, Mm. which has come up from Andy is he's saying that, uh, sorry, or from Joe. No, it's Joe. Yeah, that's it. Um, that you know mm-hmm. Zeke and Cooper were paying them all this money. Zeke gets nine carries and Cooper got two catches. Um doesn't make any sense. Agreed, agreed. Um um Lauren I'm gonna flip this over to you because you were you were saying this in in the preamble there about Vance Joseph. Um the Kellen Moore didn't seem to go and watch tape of the Vance Joseph Denver Broncos game in twenty seventeen. When Zeke was totally
1: shut down. Yeah. I mean, as we were discussing before, before this episode started, um, you know, I, I, I'd said earlier this week that, you know, it, it, it looked like a carbon copy of the, the Denver game. And it's, it's actually quite startling. If you go and look at the stats for that Denver game in 2017, Zeke had nine rushes for eight yards. This game, he was nine rushes for 16 yards Pollard was three mm-hmm. rushes for nine yards. And I think Dak, we actually saw Dak scrambling a bit more, so we he actually had mm-hmm. 20 yards. Um yeah. so we got we got 45 yards all game. I think yeah. now um I think the re- I think by crowding the line of scrimmage with all these defenders and making Dak start querying are they coming on a zero blitz or um you know what, what's happening here. I think Dak probably checked, much like the Tampa Bay game in week one, I think Dak checked out probably of quite a few running plays, um, you know, in the hope that he could basically get a receiver coming open on a five-yard slant or something like that. Um, But, I mean, they they were just playing mind games with Dak, and it took Dak until the second half to actually... Adjust to what they were doing because I mean the number of times they looked like they were sending everybody and then they drop you know as soon as the ball got snapped three of them would drop back and they'd be in coverage as well so and they were only sending their you know five or six guys Um that was just there was something that Dak you know they're playing on with Dak and it's obviously it's something Vance Joseph saw back in twenty seventeen when Dak was a uh, a second year player. Um and you know he says let's tr- let's try this again, see if it works, and sure enough it did work. So um, but you know, if they if they can take this t- to one side and you know go and sit down and deconstruct um Vance Joseph's defense. I'm sure Vance won't come with this same defense again next time. No. Um but you know, obviously the key is um getting back to make the better reads. Um, yeah. because I think I think if we'd start with a run, yeah okay, they are the eight or nine nine up at the line of scrimmage, but if you all you need to do is create that little seam and somebody can get through and if you get through that if everybody's up on that you know compressing yourself down into basically one line and yeah. if you if you can get through that one line, you've got 15 20 yards before you hit the, you hit the, the backup yeah. safety or whatever. Um and look and you that's, could be off to races.
0: That's something I you have you've led me into. I was going to mention this, is that they were playing two high safeties and crowding the box. And at no stage did we attempt to throw slants or throw short intermediate passes into that five five to ten yard window. And it just didn't make any sense. Now Paul is Paul is making a point here, and I don't know how true
2: or not it is that Helen holding back glasses.
0: on things uh, to try yeah, to keep defences thinking about, about
2: these. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it's a fair point. I think um, this is one thing I was slightly concerned about, and I haven't mentioned or discussed it with you guys, but I was slightly concerned about the body of work that they put out there against Washington. Because just how many plays they made and how much they scored and how many looks they gave Um, it was a fair body of work for other teams to see Um, so maybe maybe there's a slight overreaction but Mm -hmm. to be honest um, even if that is the case it doesn't excuse um, or explain players not executing Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of instances last night especially with people who always execute who didn't execute um and yeah. um, in terms of the passes underneath, um in that mid range that you highlighted, sorry, I got really itchy nose. Um they did make attempts to put yeah. the ball there. They made not enough. They made made attempts. Um the problem was a lot of the time people weren't executed well or they didn't know what the defense was doing. Um and generally the offensive line it was getting manhandled. Um yeah. even on those throws, Dak was being forced to throw the ball out, get it out sooner than it needed to be, comparable to um where the route was developed. And the problem was that his backup option was taken out or was covered, so he had nowhere to go. Um yeah. which is why you saw a lot of incomplete passes and Dak trying to make something, putting it up to people. To try and get catches, to, to to give them chances to make plays. Um, don't get me wrong; he was making some off plays, but they were trying—not enough, but they did try. Um, just everything. It it just seemed like one of those games. It was just a complete tidal wave of compounding errors in pretty much every facet of the game, bar special teams.
1: Yeah, yeah and i I think one I think one of the things is that um, you know obviously we've only got a uh, what was it, going into this week we only had two padded practices left I mean, mm. back in back in the 90s when obviously Dallas were a dynasty and everything like that, you know these guys were still, even midweek they were doing two a days and it was two a days in pads each CBA yep. has basically lessened the amount of practice time, it's um, you know, it's lessened the physicality of the day to day stuff and but at the same time, that takes away offensive line need to be hitting each, hitting the defensive line yeah. every single day in practice, and not just on walkthroughs. It needs to be full strength. Mm. And yes, okay, you'll come away with injuries that you, you know everybody gets banged up, and you get you know fingers broken or whatever. But you know that creates the sort of strength and gets your technique honed during the week so that come Sunday and especially if you're playing against a defence like ours when it comes to Sunday you should be playing hard and it should actually be easy to Mm. go up against somebody else's defence They they
2: definitely I think it was a fair point that Mike made earlier on in the week in the chat amongst us Um, and it really struck a chord with me with what I felt, one of the things I felt with coming away from that game was in terms of how prepared they weren't. Um, Mike turned around and said it very much looked like, and I know there's other people on Twitter that have said exactly the same thing, other content creators. They've said it didn't look like they had really any sort of scheme to go against the Cardinals' defense with. And I completely agree with that. I don't think they were prepared enough in any way, shape, or form. If you go back and watch the game again, one of the big things I came away with was that there were a lot... Of double, and in some instances, I think triple checkouts and audibles at the line of scrimmage. And it happened a lot, but there were audibles up the yin yang, um, which to me said, you know, they're checking out because they're not happy with the look they're getting. They never looked comfortable on offense, they never looked like they knew what they were getting. They looked like they were set and they were like, there was just that air of discomfort, and they didn't know if they were doing the right thing, if they were in the right place, and if this was going to work, which yeah. isn't a very good place to be starting off with. So, from the yeah. very start, pre snap, they weren't looking like they were going to win in any yeah. way, shape, or form. Not offensively, anyway.
0: Like a, lo- a, a, a lot of the comments I'm kind of seeing in and these are coming from Joe, and I, I I see where you're you're coming from on these, Joe. It's like why does Dak look lost on some of these plays? He missed a lot of mm-hmm. wide open receivers, um, and I'm and beginning. He's been defending Dak all year, and beginning to start to doubt him being our future. I would slightly disagree with you on that, Joe. In this, as Rich and Lauren have kind of alluded to, what Dak was seeing in the pre snap and how. The cardinals disguised their defense he was having to change based off of what he could see in front of him so that's good quarterback play because if he's just going right we have one call this is what we're going to run of course you're going to run right into what the cardinals want you to do so you have to make adjustments Mm -hmm. but what also was frustrating um, and Danny has kind of added into this is that you know the confused act for most of the games most of the game and that's what we're what we're all saying in these instances whereby you're getting a confusing look that is when you just look have to hand the ball off look for a three or four yard game in the run game and they didn't do that and look 35 minutes into the show Let's have a talk about the offensive line because this seems to be where there are a lot of problems right now with this team.
1: Yep. Go on, Lon. Well, I mean, ob- obviously, I've said there about the the practicing during the week, and ov- and again, obviously, you know, the the meetings were all virtual this week. Um, so yeah, they were practicing in shells, and then. You know, everybody has to drive home and then go and sit in front of the screen and you know break into the position groups on Zoom, WebEx, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it <sighs> does the the sort of camaraderie of your group translate well across um, across these virtual terminals? Um... Mm-hmm. What's this? Yeah. Yeah, that's it so, in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, so Mike is just making the point here that the defense are playing against the pass a ton due to not being worried about Dallas's run game. And look, I think this this is the whole point of it is that our run game has become such a non factor now because our O line is not doing what it's supposed to. Yes, and I'm going to encapsulate this in the Dak fumble, which. Isaiah Simmons made in that Tyron Smith was standing like this Dak was two yards behind him he was blocking nobody Connor Williams I don't know where he was Tyler biadish was on his backside yep. there was a huge gap between biadish and Zach Martin which uh, Isaiah Simmons came through and thank God Zeke was there and picked up the block because he would have killed Dak if he would hit him yep and that, for me, shows why Zeke is paid the running back money he is because Tony Pollard would never make that block. Yep. And like Al Collins, I don't know what he was doing. So the, well, there's, okay. the issue. Also, there's no also, connection across that offensive line at all. There's no communication. There's no synchronicity in the line at all. So take it away.
1: We also had a play where... Our oven offense, you know, much like the 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 one that Mike had posted at the Giants practice preseason where the two offensive linemen had come together and blocked each other. W- you know, we had that in what was it, the Raiders game. I think it ended up, that, yeah. you know, Tyron Smith blocked um uh, Connor Conor McGovern. Yeah. Um, and again we had it this week. The the I think it was Lyle Collins this time blocked Zach Martin, you know, so yeah. There's something not happening, and you know whether it is again. Yes, a lot of a lot of credit's been given to Joe Philbin for the job he has done on the offensive line. I would actually counter that since we went away from Mark Colombo um, two years yes. ago, that um, the aggression on the offensive line hasn't been there. Yes, we've seen guys like Terrence Steele coming on. And, you know, I think you could argue that Terrence Steele probably does deserve to be, um, you know, he's probably doing as good a job as Lyle Collins is doing. Um, Mm. So perhaps, you know, Terence Steele should be a much cheaper alternative for Lyle Collins at right tackle. Um, Now, is that Joe Philbin or is that the work that he's done this offseason with Duke Manyweather? Um, Mm. You know, and... The whole of the Dallas offensive line, even Tyler Biadish has been working with Duke as well. So, yeah, the stuff that's been going in during the off season, um, I don't know, but I mean, I th- I think we've lost something with Mark Columbo going. Uh, mm. Mark Columbo, I don't know what he's doing now because obviously, he he's no he wasn't with the Giants this year. He got mm-hmm. canned halfway through the year, much like Garrett got canned. Um. Now the whole thing, the whole thing about Dak not being worth the money. I mean, going into this year, a lot of NFL pundits were saying that this is the year that we were going to see Danny, Danny Jones coming through and you know taking that step up and leading the Giants. I actually said um, one of the NFL Scotland nights at the start of the season. I said that Danny Jones wouldn't, or the Giants wouldn't have as good, it would be the second best team in New York. And at the moment, both teams are four and 12. And I think Zach, Mar- uh, Zach Wilson's actually got more wins than Danny Jones has. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. Danny's injured. But, um, you know, I, I said he wasn't going to be the best QB in, in New York. And quite frankly, at the moment, you know, there is a case to argue about that. So, yeah. yeah. I think yes, Dak isn't of the level of Aaron Rodgers, but who is uh, Tom Brady? Yeah. No, Pat yeah. Mahomes. The Pat Mahomes this year for all his five hundred million dollar contract over the next yeah. eight nine years. Yeah, he had he's been shown he's to... There, is, there is kryptonite, or there is a chink of kryptonite that can get into yeah. his armor. Um, that's just, why is the only one getting confused? You see, Aaron yeah.
2: Rodgers or Tom Brady getting confused. We always want an excuse for him. Sorry, guys, I'm not here now. I'm just frustrated. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. genuine. That's genuine frustration. Yeah. So, what you? I'm gonna, I'm gonna encapsulate a couple of things here as best I can. So, mm-hmm. um, the easy thing to do, and it makes complete sense is to pin everything on, or a lot of things, on the quarterback because a lot of things look like they are the quarterback's fault because the quarterback touches the ball every offensive snap. Mm
1: -hmm. They are
2: fair points. What you need to understand is that everything starts and stops with the first person who touches the ball or the the unit that they're a member of, and that's Mm -hmm. the offensive line. Everything starts and stops in the trenches. Now, when you have players like Zach Martin getting walked up on to the point he's past vertical, he's backwards, like he's doing backstroke, he's getting Mm -hmm. walked backwards into Dak Prescott, forcing Dak Prescott to throw early, and he threw it the last second um, to the point I even thought the ball was tipped on this play. And I went back and I made a point of saying to you, Brian, and I went back and watched it. And I thought it was, and it wasn't until afterwards when I eventually saw the replay. I saw it wasn't tipped, but it very nearly was. And that is the play on their first visit to the end zone. He missed the throw to Coop, which a lot of people are saying he should have had Coop. Coop is wide open. Now that's a fair assessment. You can say in one breath, come on now, Dak, you're a six year veteran, like you just said. Yeah. You need to be making that throw regardless of if you've got pressure in your face. Okay, that's a fair point. What is also a fair point is he has pressure in his face. His receiver is not far enough through his route yet. He's not going to be able to make that catch. Amara Cooper was trying to catch it a a yard or two out a step, horizontally almost. He was almost at a 45-degree angle. He was nowhere close to being made to do it. Dak left it till the last second to throw that, hopefully put it in a position where his receiver could get it. And he was off the mark. Can you really hold it against him, hand on heart, and say you're really not the person to be leading this franchise when he's done everything he can there? Go yeah. to another play, running style play now, which is the one that Lorne alluded to, alluded to earlier. I think it was actually a short pass rather than an actual handoff yeah. to Zeke, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, it was where Zeke, no, it was run. Uh, no, sorry, short pass. It was where Zeke broke out the middle of the pack um, and then bared right. And it's where Lyle Collins tackled Sprinkle, blocked Sprinkle, and the one person who was left free was the person that tackled Zeke. Now, yes, there was a Zeke was bobbling the ball. Now you can you can put that on Dak, you can put that on Zeke. It's one of the two. But those one of those things where it happens in a ball game. He collected the ball. Arguably, if he gets that pass, he still probably makes the first down because it was a short-yarded situation. But when you get so many things like that coupling together, it's never going to end well. So you had that block there. You had Zach Martin getting walked up on. To bring in another person who is not an offensive lineman, but still blocks. You have, um, what was it? It was on another run play out to the left. This was an actual handoff. And Mm. Dalton Schultz got fucked around. Um, Got shot right past him. And yeah, Dak went down or ended up having to throw the ball out. I can't remember what the result was, but he got to Dak. Um, And uh, I I remember it from the the callback. It was his first play, and Troy said, uh, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to have any chance of winning, we're going to have to hear his name a lot more tonight. And they did, because he wasn't getting blocked well, and that's why he had an effect. And that's the effect you saw was incomplete passes. Dak is actually very good against pressure. He's actually statistically good against pressure. yeah, yep. um, He's one of the best in the league. But no one is perfect. And when you have an offensive line that literally is not doing a single thing right, your tight end's not blocking well enough to boot, then when they're meant to be picking up blitzes, you can't establish a run. You can't let your root trees develop, even on the underneath roots. You're not yeah. going to have very much luck. And it's unfair to pin that on your quarterback Now, don't get me wrong, he missed throws, he made mistakes. Yes. My point is, and I'm not trying to absolve Dak of all blame here, or the majority of blame, he bears the burden for stuff he gets wrong, and part of the burden for stuff that is partly his fault, as is right. But people seem to be forgetting or not realizing there is a lot more to these situations than just Dak. Mm. People want Dak to be someone he's not. If you want a quarterback that can carry a team, irrespective of of the team being not that great and having some issues and not having things click, you need to go start supporting Green Bay because that's pretty much the only guy that can do it right now. There's very few quarterbacks that can do that in the history of the NFL and have done it. And there's only really one, I think that you can argue that can do it right now. Yeah. Your best blocker of the night was Zeke. Yeah. Fact. Yep.
0: And I think to be fair to Joe, he has come back in here and said, look, he said, you don't, you know, in terms of, he's not trying to blame Dak. And it, it feeds into a point I kind of made on Sunday night. Yeah. Kellen Moore is Scott and disciple. And at times on Sunday, it looked like Kellen Moore was, yeah. co- was calling plays that Scott Lennon called three or four years ago. Run on first down, don't make any impact. Pass on second down, you're in third and long. And it's you know he's not using Zeke enough to and the running game to open up play action, which will then help Dak. I think I think that's and that's the frustration that all of us have. I mean, look, we're not we're not trying to compare Dak, Tyron Rogers, and Tom Brady, two of the greatest quarterbacks, not just now, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So it's unfair to judge him against that standard. You know, he is very good at what he does. And Andy well, has kind of come back here and said, yeah. you know, he's outperformed a fourth round pick. Yes, he has. We're not he doubting has, that. He
2: massively has. And I, I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to, I'll apologize if it seemed like I'm coming at you, mm. uh, Joe. That wasn't my intention. And I wasn't trying to say that's yeah. what you're doing, um, is trying to pin it all on Dak. Yeah. My overall point was a lot of people have been doing that. Not necessarily you specifically, mm. but a lot of people yeah. have been or have been putting, apportioning, I believe, too much of that blame onto Dak, rather than sharing it out the way I believe, personally. Yeah. And this is my opinion, that it should be. That's that's my overall point, basically. But he does bring a very good point. But then, at the same time, you can, Kellen can call run play after run play after run play after run play, whether it's a handoff or a short pass. Yeah. If your line's not blocking and not getting stuff done right, it's yeah. still not going to work. You're going to have exactly yeah. the same problem, you're just not passing. Yep. You're yeah. still one-dimensional just in the opposite way because it, you're just making it slightly easier because they know you're going to run it every play. Yeah, you, you need at some point to have players execute. And when Zach Martin's not executing, to the point he's getting walked up on, Lyle yeah. Collins isn't executing. Dalton Schultz, who's your best blocking tight end, isn't executing. Tyron Smith is giving away penalties, and I can kind of give him a bit of a pass because it's his first game back after a minute. When you can turn around and say that you're on a a line with those guys and your best player is Terrence Steele, and your best blocker was Zeke, and your best runner is your quarterback, like, really? That's not a good place. That's indicative and symptomatic of your line's not playing in any way well
0: yeah um like obviously i'm a big college football guy and i did watch a lot of college football over the last uh, last week in particular and i did watch a good bit of nfl as well on sunday and what i found with the the offensive line is they're very static there's very little dynamism with them, there's very few poll plays where, you know, Tyron and Connor are going to the right-hand side or Zach Martin is coming around and Lyle mm. Collins is coming around to the left side. It seems to be a very vanilla run play, but there's there's nothing exciting about it. Um, for me, yeah, look, that's, that's part of the offensive line. But the question I now have is, is mm. Helen Moore the
2: offense coordinator of this team next year? Um, that's a good question to be honest. I think we yeah. need to just turn around and see what happens in the offseason. I think if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he probably stays. Um, yeah. It's probably, I'd say, his last year if he does. I'd say it will be his last year if he does, if he, unless he performs very well. Much different. Um, mm-hmm. Regards to the... You said about the plays in in seemingly in the playbook run plays, Um, there's definitely been a shift from those kinds of plays that they used to run previously when Zeke was a rookie and lesser so, but still in his second year. Um, (laughs) There's been a shift away from that to more towards short passes and offloads and Zeke moving towards Zeke being a good catcher because he is, but I think they're trying to use that too much. And I think if they, yeah. with the, the this one-two punch that they have now, if they could get back to that, then, yeah, yeah. it would be really good. Because it's weird not seeing Zach Martin doing things like that when we used to see him do it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I would actually say that the start of this season, before we made the change to Conor McGovern, I would say we well, yeah. were doing a lot of pulling. Um, yeah. And then we went to Conor McGovern, and obviously McGovern was having difficulty with being on the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, and something, I don't know if it was, you know, there's been talk that, yes, Kellen's gone to a more vanilla playbook these last four or five weeks, when, when we have been struggling on offense, um, gone to have vanilla because he doesn't want to tip his hand for the playoff. Um, but then you could counter that with, well, why why do that trick play with Cedric Wilson? Um mm. with with the have the, the sort of um, the the flea it was almost a flea flicker type pass. Yeah. Mm. Um why why would you do that? But I, I suppose that's just keep yeah. it, keeping something for everybody to consider.
2: Yeah, I and mean, then uh, suppose you try and disguise that at the same yeah. time if that is what you're trying yeah. to do. But then yeah, at the same time, yeah. like I said earlier, you've got to then, if you're only doing the simple vanilla shit, you, there's no excuse not to execute it. Yeah. That's what Very worries true. me.
0: Yeah. Um, Joe has come in again with a couple of great points. He said that he hopes that Kellen Moore is not, is not with, us, with us next season and he'll drive Kellen to Virginia and that he'd rather lose <laughs> nah. more than keep Dan Quinn. I think we all agree with that.
2: I think that's pretty fair. Um Um, yeah. And
0: and Andy makes an interesting point. I don't I I wouldn't agree with this point, but look, I'll throw it to both of you. Will McCarthy even be head coach for one and done in the
1: playoffs? It depends how if we're one and done, it depends how the game goes. If it's if it turns into a shootout and you know we are we are attacking the ball, and it just again comes down to one one play here, that here or there. I could see McCarthy having a statement that, you know, obviously was given the mulligan for last year. Again, you know, who would have thought we would turn around from a six win team last year to, um, to what, 11, 11 wins this 11 year? Or
0: 12. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you can say, and I mean, obviously, Philadelphia have guaranteed themselves a playoff spot. So, you know, the NFC East hasn't been as weak this year. I mean, Mm. the fact that Washington were still in it a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, um, up to the weekend. Up to the weekend, they've only just been eliminated from playoff contention. You know, so we're probably the second strongest uh, NFC division this year um it it it's not the n f c lease this year but um if it if if it turns out to be a blowout loss or you know we haven't corrected anything at all, yeah McCarthy could be gone
2: rich potentials there um i very much am in the camp of i like to give my head coaches a decent amount of years. To yeah. get what they want implemented with the personnel they want mm-hmm. um, set, but they could be a victim of their own success here because of what they've managed to do through the draft, specifically on the defense um, mm-hmm. this year. Now, can you fire a head coach if you go one and done in the playoffs, but previously we had the season that we did? And we're not counting the year before. So you say from one season. Um, coaches taken over, and yeah. has gotten a terrible team to the playoffs the following year. Yeah, that's not a bad body of work. Um, I would yeah. say the bit where I think they may be a victim of their success is, I think he's definitely, I, I I think I'm comfortable saying he's probably around for one year unless they have an absolute meltdown in the playoffs. I think he's yeah. still around. I think that. He's probably got one year left in him because of how much they've managed to build. If they don't manage to sort the line out and sort the run game out and sort the offense out, then – and Kellen Moore is still here. I think it's definitely going to be a question of does Kellen Moore go or does Mike McCarthy go or do both of them go? I think it could be one or the other.
0: For me, look, I think – I think it's a stu- It's not that I, I don't want to say it's a stupid question because there's no stupid questions. I mm-hmm. think it would be a silly move to remove Mike McCarthy. There was a start at the weekend. that of the current head coaches in the NFL who have had ten plus winning seasons, ten game winning seasons. You have Belichick obviously on top of that list. I think it's Pete Carroll is next, and then you have. Mike Tomlin, Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy guarantees 10 plus win seasons. So why would you remove him as your head coach? That's what we want from this organization. We've bounced around 13, 8, 6, 4, 12. We want to be consistent in that range. But it does bring up the question, as Paul has asked, who do you bring in, because for me, I'm not turning this team over to Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore has not shown me anything to suggest he should be or could be head coach of this organisation. So, is, is that just me or would you both have the same opinion?
1: I mean, the thing is, you, you, you'll never know what you have until you give it a try. I yeah. mean, you know the the whole bringing Jason Garrett in and having him being the offensive coordinator there was all the talk at the time, <coughs> it, you know Wade Phillips had a had a gun to his head half the time I think because you know basically people were looking oh Jason Garrett's obviously the heir apparent all this sort of thing yeah. we've had that to an extent this year with Kellen Moore it's maybe died off a little bit now, um, but obviously Kellen has had the um, you know, he, he's already had the Jaguars coming in and asking to yeah. interview him. Um Similarly, I don't, I don't know, would you want Dan Quinn being moved up to head coach? Because obviously, again, you've had proof of what he can do. And okay, yes, much like McCarthy, Dan Quinn has taken to a team to the Super Bowl. Now, I, again... You know, mm. like Dan Reeves, unfortunately, he didn't get to the Super Bowl. He, he didn't win the Super Bowl, even though he was up twenty eight three yeah. at halftime. Um, and you could say he was out coached by the mass. You know, the the evil empire. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Belichick. You know. He but, in the Hoodie. Um, yep. He in the hoodie. Um. You know, but do do you want him stepping up, or do you think he is just? You know, he's found his level that he is a defensive coordinator and that's where he should stay. Um, uh, You know, anybody anybody that, you know, you you could even say that having McCarthy, yes, he's had 10 win seasons, but in the same way where people were saying, is Belichick the master or was it because of what Brady had? (coughs) You could say the same thing about... McCarthy, because he had the tail end of Brett Favre, he then had Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had had two, three years to sit, watch Brett Favre came in. He was, and you know those mental reps, even though they didn't, they maybe didn't get on, um, and you know Brett Favre wasn't tutoring uh, Aaron Rodgers probably the way he should. you know, because obviously the much the same way that you know there's all this stuff about Jordan that um you know there's no love lost between him and um Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And, you know what what's gonna happen for them when when um you know Aaron Rodgers does ride off in the sunset. Um yeah. you know, what what are Green Bay gonna be like? Could could the fact that Mike McCarthy was a ten win regular ten win seat a season winner, you know, is that because, you know, he had Aaron Rodgers? Um, yeah. You know, you know.
0: It is it's, it is a good point that you're making there, Lauren, in terms of the quarterback. But it, you also have to have coaches who put you in position to win those games and you have to have systems which put you in positions to win those games I'll be interested to see, because I think Rogers is going to leave Green Bay next year, or in this all upcoming off-season. So it'll be interesting to see what Green Bay do next year. If Green Bay keep rolling and keep doing what they've been doing consistently for 20 or 30 years at this stage, and you could probably track it all the way back to pre-Super Bowl era,
1: in winning
0: 10, 12, 13 games a season. yeah, It shows they have had two of the best quarterbacks in Favre and Rodgers, but if they're still winning 10 10 games a season with Jordan Love, you know, it shows it's really the system. But we're nearly an hour into the show, and I did want to bring up one one point, and this has been a consistent point for McCarthy all year. It's as poor time management and decisions could cost us. And it did cost us last weekend because we had to call three timeouts before the two minute mark and we lost a very obvious fumble, which we couldn't challenge because we'd no timeouts left inside two minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, uh, the, the one thing I would say about that is the one thing I don't like about the the, the instant replay is that mm. on, on, a, on a potential, um, Whether it was a turnover or not I mean that should That is something that should be looked at um, You know because it has a bearing on the game Whether And it shouldn't be up, You know no matter when That should be something that is reviewed By Upstairs at all points Because it's done in the It's done in the NCAA It's done in the CFL Anything that's (coughs) Could constitute a turnover Should be looked at And you know Obviously, the t- the two big turnovers that we probably should have had this season, uh, the Raiders game, where you know, obviously, what was you know, d- did he make a football move before he fumbled, and then you know, we made that spectacular sideline yeah. recovery. recovery, um, and then this one as well was his, he, from Demarcus Lawrence's um, put out a put out a tweet with a screenshot of it. His his wrist was down, but there was no forearm of his free hand and everything like oh, that. The ball was coming out at that point in time as well. Yeah. Um, that would that that was trying to show that it's a fumble. Now, but the thing is, you know, they made the referees made the decision on the field that it wasn't a fumble, um, so they couldn't review it. Um, they couldn't review it themselves the you know McCarthy would have had to throw the red flag. Obviously the the play the play where they lined up with Kyler Murray on the outside the kicker kicker at the line of scrimmage forcing McCarthy to burn a timeout there and obviously we then had to use timeouts elsewhere as well that had an effect on the game. I you can't you, you can't on that particular play I can't fault him for making making that call and making a timeout. Yeah.
0: It was that the one.
1: Now, the, the, you know, there was one as well where Dak was trying to check out three different, you know, he checked out one thing, the defence switched. He had to check out at that point as well. And, you know, to avoid a delay of game, we had to call another timeout there. That's something that, that's where I have it, the issue with. And that's, again, that's not McCarthy. That's on the field. That's the call of Dak. And the off, you know, and the offense, they they should just pick a play, and you know, if it gets, if you get back to the line of scrimmage, great, you can work on that. If it, you know, as long as it's not, as it doesn't end up with Dak lying on the floor, seven yards back, you know, and rolling on his ankle, rolling on his ankle again, you know, it, it's maybe best just to go with what you've called once and stick with that so that you're not burning right. timeouts there. Um, yeah. You can't really complain about the officials. And, I'm, you know, that what struck me was that Mike McCarthy was quite vocal in the press conference after calling out the officials. He's going to end up with a FedEx envelope this week. Um, that, Dak, I think, argued about the officials and Zach argued about the officials. They're going to get a FedEx envelope this week saying that money's been taken off their paycheck this week because they just cannot come out and publicly mm. um, berate the officials. The NFL yeah. does not like that. It has to go... It, the only people that can comment on that is somebody like Stephen, and that's in the appropriate channels, which is the competition committee. They can't... You yeah. know, Stephen wouldn't say anything on 105.3. I think Jerry had, Jerry had basically called the penalties ticky-tack and yes, I mean we all discussed that on these defensive pass interference calls both sides had um, in the second half. We said that you know that was pretty that was a pretty weak call on the for defensive pass interference or what have you. But that's the way those officials call the game. There's no you know we don't have artificial intelligence that can just. Call the game yeah. 100% the same way all the time. The referees have got their own int- intricacies, um, mm. and you just have to live with that. Um, yeah, and you know it go it, every every game. You could say w- one team could say they got screwed by the referees. Um, yeah. you know. Look, whether it's no matter what game it sport yeah. it is, football, baseball, yeah. whatever.
2: I I disagree I'm... there. Go on, Rich. I disagree with that because very rarely do I watch le- even the local one, let alone an international game. Um, specifically rugby I'm talking about now. Rugby union, not league, Jamie, because that's for boys. Um, for girls, Rich. For girls. Our little boys too, that's fine. Yeah, anyway, little boys um, like Jamie. Very rarely do I watch a rugby union match, an international match, and can I genuinely put my hand on my heart and say X team got screwed over whether it's mine or another team. Yeah. It very it, it never really happens. Don't get me wrong, there's missed calls and all the rest of it. And yeah, there is the human element of it. But I think there is becoming a... And, and I'm very firmly in the camp of no matter what happens <laughs> in a game, I don't like pinning blame on officiating crews. Because I personally, I think it is weak. It is a... That is very low-hanging fruit it is a very weak excuse and a get-out clause for yeah. you not doing your shit properly. Um, at the end of the day, there, there are a lot more snaps in a game that you can do right that can get you past a, even a lot of very bad calls. Now, yes, they can come at the worst possible time, but if you're playing well enough, you can get past that. At the end of the day, you've got to play well enough, but I do think it's a bit silly. In the NFL mm-hmm. lately, um, I think it's I do think it's getting worse and worse. I do think there is a genuine argument now to link the two together. My two points there about rugby and American football is that in rugby obviously you have um, the video ref up in the booth, basically who is a secondary ref running behind. yeah and there's plenty of times you see it in rugby for anyone who's watching who doesn't watch rugby if you have a play that's missed. So in the NFL, you'll have something that happens and like with the the weekend, it gets put on the screen, the crowd sees it, they go crazy because they've seen something, because something has happened and it's been missed on the field. Genuine human error can't do anything about it. They can't be seeing absolutely everything all the time. It's fair. But you have a video (laughs) referee up in the booth that is watching everything, basically watching the live feed and has all these other angles and everything else that you get as well. And they will go back and rewatch that. And if they find something, they will turn around to the referee, get them on the comms and say, I think you've missed something here. I'm going to play you something on the big screen Mm -hmm. so you can see it. You see what I see and now tell me you're still happy to make the same call. And if you are happy to make the same call and keep it as it is, then that's perfectly fine. You are the referee. You are making the calls. I just want to make sure you have all the information to make that correct call. And that is the system that I think the NFL is sorely needing because I think yeah. that will iron out a lot of problems that we see week in, week out. There's yeah. a lot of things we see week in, week out are these types of plays where things come up and it's on the video feed, it's on the TV feed, and it's not seen. And I get that it's the rules of the game. I get yeah. that it's not rugby. Rules can be changed for the better. The fans want yeah. games better officiated. The players want games better officiated. The front offices want games better officiated. The officials want games better officiated. If it's going to benefit everyone, there is no harm. There's no problem in genuinely improving something if it needs improvement. And I think the league needs to identify the fact that it does need a degree of improvement, and there are things that can be done to improve it. I think they've gone some way to doing it previously, but not far enough. Now, I, and Like I said before, I kind of don't like the excuse of going against the refs, and I don't like when players and coaches come out and say it publicly. But even I'm kind of at the point now where I'm like, well, yeah, do it properly. Do the proper channels through the competition committee. But that's not getting it done. People are going to get pissed off, and they're going to start saying stuff. Maybe players should start banding together. Maybe the NFLPA should turn around and start doing stuff and saying, you better start calling these games right or Something else is going to happen. Yeah. Because if players keep thinking they're getting seen off and the coaches are on board with it, you've got a big problem.
0: Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just finish this, this point off and we'll move on to the defense for an hour and 10 minutes in. Blaming referees is a poor excuse mm-hmm. because you have a week to prepare for the refereeing and officiating crew. Mm-hmm. You know who's coming. You know what their tendencies are. It is your problem to sort out for yourself. As Rich says, we watch a lot of rugby here in the UK and Ireland. And teams at that level, at club level, will study the tendencies of the referees. The referees will talk to them before the game and say, these are things I'm going to pull you on, guys. You have to So don't do it. So it's a weak excuse to blame a referee. But I think like refereeing in every sport, it's the consistency which is really upsetting the players because last week, I think there were three penalties in the whole game between Washington and ourselves. This weekend, there was 15 penalties, I think I counted in the game. You you know, you have some crews which are gonna let teams play, some crews don't let teams play and it's killing the game and feeds into the point, Rich, as you made, and Lauren, you've made it as well, is that the players are just annoyed because they cannot have consistency. One week you're grabbing a guy at a shoulder pad, a team lets it away, and another week it doesn't. So, look, yeah. we leave it at that. As we say, we're, we're, we're nearly an hour and 15 minutes into the show. Let's talk. So, defence, I think, to be fair, the defence had a decent game at the weekend. Um Some of the stats are going down the bottom there. I think they held up reasonably well, but they yeah. weren't able to contain Kyler Murray at times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and yes, they gave up big plays, particularly on that first drive. You know, obviously... Mm-hmm. Arizona got down to what was it, a three-yard line? You thought, oh God, yeah. here we go, we're in for a long day. They stiffened. Yeah. Arizona had to come away with a field goal. Um, <coughs> I think you know, obviously, what was maybe a killer for us slightly was obviously they got a field goal before the before the end of the first half, because again, yeah. our offensive, uh, our offense was um, non-existent. They got a field goal. They then got the ball back. That basically turned yeah. it round. they ended up with, um, you know, obviously nine, nineteen seven. They missed out on the at two extra point um, on that on that first drive yeah. of the second half, um, and then it's got a bit of time on it. But you know, I, and I don't think the time of possession. There, I don't think there was a great gulf in the time of possession, but. Time of possession, but Arizona it was had barely
0: 10 minutes.
1: Was it in the end? Of yeah, one? but I mean, yeah, you know, Ari- Arizona had a very long drive in that first half, mm. and you thought, Jesus Christ, have the offense, you know, have Dallas's offense been on the field for, for any time? And it was actually quite strange that at halftime Dallas had actually had the bulk of the, you know, they'd had fifteen minutes and eighteen seconds or whatever, mm. and you know the Cardinals had four. It had the lesser amount of that. Um, now, you know, we yes we were giving Murray fits. Murray was constantly having to run, um, you know, scr- doing our scrambling, and you know obviously we were just when Murray can put the afterburners on very few people can catch him but we were doing good things you know when when Micah Parsons wasn't blitz, uh, wasn't rushing he was actually playing spy and we were controlling Murray when he was past rushing that's when Murray was getting out and he couldn't compete with anybody else um, I think de- defensively I think what purely happened was that they were out on the field for far too long Guys like uh, Randy Gregory were having to come off because they picked up knocks again, probably because fatigue was setting in. Um, you know, and um, you know when you're tired, that's when you you don't do something right, you don't plant right, and then mm. you get a little niggle, and that makes you have to come off and get your boot restrapped or whatever. Um, you know, I think that's where we started failing there. Um, but I mean. You know, how often would it be if we, if we only in the Garrett era, if we'd only given up 25 points, you could say, well, as long as our defense, our offense scores over 25 points, we're going to win that. Um, you know, it, it should have been, I think the defense did an admirable job. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were they were leaky at times, but, you know, you're going to give up plays against some a team of that caliber. Yeah. What's concerning is obviously they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, they didn't have James Connor, um, their, their running back wasn't getting anywhere much much of the time, other than s- sneaking out on little passes, um, and he, you know when he had the space he was he was getting there, but our, our run defense was controlling them. Murray was the one that was doing the damage. Mm. Um, and if if they get these guys back for the playoffs, and we're having to Face them in the playoffs. Then that's going to that's going to put even more pressure on our defense, and and consistently, that's going to put it on a, the offense as well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were very, um, very well schemed mm-hmm. by the Cardinals. The Cardinals did a very good job of using this defense's tendencies against them the aggressiveness. Um, The Cowboys didn't adapt as well as I think they could have. They did do a very admirable job. They did do very well, and they put them in position to win this game with the offense not being as good as it should have been. Um, They also did a very, very good job of keeping Micah Parsons very quiet. That's not helped when players like Jordan Lewis miss their blocks Um, or don't pick people up, um, or don't make their tackles. Because there's a block Jordan Lewis should have had on, I believe, the second, I think it was the second drive in Mm. the first quarter, where they had the running back come in, and they had the two big chunk plays back-to-back. Pretty sure it was the second one. Jordan Lewis missed his block. Um, Defensive lineman came through, and his sole job was to take out Micah Parsons. Um and he did a damn good job of it. He wasn't a defensive lineman, obviously he was a lineman, but um, he did his job very, very well. Yeah, They contained Michael Parsons pretty well, um, be it either with personnel or by scheme, containing him within a mm. body of people to keep him away from what was happening. They did a very, very good job.
0: Yeah. like I think we kind of discussed this amongst ourselves in the group on Sunday during the game. Was... The Cardinals seem to use the aggressiveness of this defence against them. Mm. Um, I think in terms, as we say, Micah being a bit too aggressive and then they were able to get short ones. Um, And David made the point here that... um, Sorry, I'm just trying to bring it up. Um, That on the the big play that Trayvon gave up, that he he bites too easy on routes and he gets interceptions but it does give up a lot of yards which does um you know that yep. did, did this the did arizona actually used our what have sometimes been strength against us in this game
2: 100 okay. percent that but specifically the point on digs um <laughs> that big chunk play on the first drive that like you said put him mm. down right down yeah um in a first and goal situation, and exactly that happened. He bit too early on a route. You can see him there. He's taking that. He's backpedaling. He's with his guy, and he's not sure. There's a point. He's not sure where Kyler Murray's going to the ball. He's not yeah. sure if it's the guy that's level slash just past him, and if he's got a turn and escape, or if he's and he's half turned because he, he's not sure which way he's going, or if he's going the underneath route in front of him through someone who isn't blocked. And he takes a step forward and goes, crap, it's not him, it's him. And now he's chasing yeah. A.J. Green back down the field and he's out of position yeah. and the catch is made. That is exactly what happens. But, like I said, the guy wasn't blocked.
0: <laughs>
2: if he was blocked, he probably makes that play. Yeah, that yeah. may be a repeat of the Washington game.
0: Yeah.
2: Now that's a shoulda, woulda, coulda, it's one of those kind of situations, yeah. but it's a valid point to make.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's small point at the start of the game, which, as you say, could have been a big point in the ending of it. Yeah,
2: and it's um, a valid criticism of Diggs, it is a very valid criticism yeah. of Diggs, and a lot mm. of people make it, they say, yeah, he's a bullhook, yeah. people are using his tendencies against it, which is why he, get, he has his interceptions. Because he gets yeah. targeted because he makes he plays it like a wide receiver. Because that's ultimately what he is, it's what he's used to, which is yeah. fair. However, yeah. as I said before, if we're going to look at this and critique it and critique it as a whole, this whole body of work and apportion blame appropriately, mm. then let's do it appropriately. Let's do it evenly. Because if that guy wasn't blocked, Diggs has only got to worry yeah. about one person. That yeah. said, this is the NFL, multiple people are yeah. going to be free. Diggs has got to learn to read that yeah. situation. You've got to learn, cover the deep guy. We can mm. deal with that one. Let's worry about this guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like- what, you've, what you've got to think of as well is who would you rather have as a cornerback? And you, you can probably work out who the, the two options I'm going to give here. <laughs> would you like a guy who makes <laughs> a lot of interceptions but does get burnt? Or would you prefer to have a guy who lets the receiver catch the ball, but is a sure-handed tackler. Um, could Um Well, sometimes, obviously, break up passes, but doesn't get the interceptions. Because so I'm, we've, I'm, we've I'm, tack- guessing,
0: I'm guessing the second guy you were talking about was Byron Jones, was it? Yep. And to be fair, I think in his last season with us, people avoided Byron Jones, which is ultimately what you want from your cornerback, is that they... Don't throw to that side of the field, but I think just just flicking it back to to, to digs and you know a lot of people got on. I think it was Thursday or Friday on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, and were going hard at Trayvon and saying you know he's giving up yards, he's not a good cornerback. Yeah, people need to remember. Trayvon Diggs is only playing cornerback the last five years. He's a converted wide receiver who's playing in his second season in the NFL. AJ Green is playing, what, his 12th or 13th season in the NFL. And he did him. <laughs> Absolutely yep. did him all day long. And Tr- Trayvon's only going to learn from that and get better. You can't, As Lauren said, what do you want? Do you want the flash plays where you've got a guy getting an interception, or do you want the sure, steady, sure-handed guy who's not getting targeted or who's making all his tackles? You know, pick your poison, folks. Um, a point that is brought up, um and sorry, Joe just said that uh, Brown played better than takes against Arizona, absolutely he did. There is no debating that. Um, given that we were light, very, very light at one stage at linebacker, think we made a big mistake letting Jalen Smith go because it's hurting us right now
1: I'm not sure on
0: that point I think they did the right thing in moving on from Jalen his production and the fact he didn't stick in Green Bay he hasn't stuck in New York either Jalen Smith is done at this level and if you had him the last 10 weeks, or however long it was ago, since he was cut, you would have a guy who you would need to be putting on the field and giving snap counts to given his paycheck, and we would have had a lot worse results. This defense has gotten immeasurably better since he has left. Mm-hmm. So, I think, yes, we were yeah. light at linebacker, and it showed 100%. because we'd very little steady and sure this weekend in that intermediate in that that second sector of the field. So take
2: it away. They I, I completely agree. I don't understand what um I don't I don't believe Jalen would have added anything to him. Mm. Um he seems like a really nice guy, really great stand-up guy, yeah. and he's a good player. But I don't think he would have added anything in that situation. And if he's not yeah. going to add anything um and you're not missing him by him not being there, then what's the point in having him there? If you're going to have someone there as a tick box exercise, just to say, we have a fourth linebacker. Well, they signed someone specifically to do that, and he didn't make the starting roster. So they clearly weren't that bothered about it. They were, they were happy to roll with three, yeah. um, because it shows what they were concerned about. In terms of where they were concerned about the Cardinals would go with the ball and how they would play. Um, so I yeah I I don't think it's a loss personally in terms of the Cowboys as a football team in terms of their productivity on the field defensively I do not think it's a loss.
1: Yeah yeah I I, I would agree I mean yeah he's he's still on the, he still is actually on the Giants roster at the moment mm-hmm. but. You know, the the fact that he, in the three games that he played for um, Green Bay, I mean, how often did one of us post to our wee group saying that, you know, oh, look, there he is. He's whiffing on a tackle. The guys, the jet guys just sidestepped him without even having to jump over a trailing arm or something like that. If he was balling out in Green Bay, who were desperate for linebackers at that point in time, and Green Bay's defense had suddenly improved, um, you know, exponentially. I would say, yeah, we made the mistake, um, but I certainly wouldn't have taken the risk. All it would take would be, you know, a cracked toenail, and you could say that Jalen Smith goes to, his, it goes for a money pedi at the end of the year, and they say, oh, you need to do this, um, and you know that would constitute being an injury that he's picked up during the game, and you know that there you go, he's yeah. on the hook, we're on the hook for 9.2 million yep. Um Care and y- you think I'm being flippant with that but it can be just something slight, yep. slightly, mo- slightly more than that but yep. it can be something like that and it automatically act- uh, activates that clause in your contract they yep. tried to get him to renegotiate, he wouldn't um, I think Um I think his agents did an absolute fantastic job actually getting that clause in the contract in the first place Mm-hmm. Um you know yeah. why why Jerry agreed to that is surprising to me but you know yeah um
0: and um, look b- b- before we do move on any further Joe it looks like we're picking on you a lot tonight we're not we <laughs> we're not some, picking on
2: you,
0: you know, we know <laughs> the fact that you're interacting and asking questions because 100%. these are questions everybody is asking so we're we're the three of us are giving you our opinion on things and we all agree. Everyone is entitled to their opinion on things and without you, we can't have these kinds of discussions. So, you know, keep them coming in. You do add in plenty of of good commentary as well uh, that we do agree with. So, you know, it's great to have that back and forth on things with everybody and it's not just Joe, it's Andy and everyone else who is, who's contributing to the show. Um, we're just going to have a quick discussion because, again, there were a spe- was a special teams issue at the weekend. So I'm just going to bring up the facts. Um, Greg Zerline missed a field goal. Three
2: points. Yes,
0: yeah. Three points, yes.
2: Three points that could have been very useful. Yes. Um. I am very much devil's advocate with this because on yeah. one hand, I could very easily turn around and say this roster, with how talented it is, should not be worrying about a missed field goal. You should be able to win a game with a with a missed field goal. Yeah. You shouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, can you forgive a kicker who misses kicks like that, who, what was it they've had? um, How many games is it they've had? They've uh, lost a couple of games, I think, by a total of eight points. And in the season, he's left something like 14 on the field through missed kicks. Yep. And people saying kicks should be automatic. Yes and no. I think pats should be automatic after a fashion, unless it's blocked. Yeah. Um, you always get the freak one every now and again I can give one or two a season fine but yeah. it, it, it happens far too much for my liking it, it it shouldn't and I've gone into kick in before on this show in previous seasons it's ridiculous it should be automatic Points, Pat should be automatic longer kicks fair enough Pat should should be near enough okay the kick of the field well, I'm going to go get a drink which is horrible to say but it should be. You should be that confident, like we used to be when we had Dan Bailey. Dan's making a kick, Robert Dan's up, I'm gonna go make a brew. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly very I good mean, point. Missed two feet goes against Tampa Bay, which if you win that game, you make those kicks. You win that game. Yeah. You're
1: twelve and
0: four.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean Zerline is the eighteenth best kicker at the moment in, in the NFL he's got an yeah. eighty eighty two percent um kick kick rate this year yeah um you know and but you know again we're talking Tampa Bay if he'd made one field goal made one extra point you know again that's changing you know yeah it could be we, we gave Tom Brady too much time but again it's um you know it changes what the Opposition need to do to yeah. and it maybe changes their mindset. Um, that is a con- that is a concern when you're not getting consistency. And it seems, yeah, yeah and and then time, yeah, you know, then but um, Zerling came through and we had the walk off a field goal against uh, uh, the Chargers the following week. Um, you know, so he has he has kicked well for us in some respects, but. Just, I don't know if there's something because of his injury um, that he had in pre-season. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing he has more surgery during the off-season this year. Um, unfortunately, he's got a guaranteed contract at the moment still. Um, and he's still guaranteed for next year. And it's, yeah, it drops off a little bit. And I think we could probably make the cut. But, I mean, we saw enough out of... Lirim Hayerlaju, that um, he's now he's now signed on with um, Carolina, I think it is. So yeah, he, he, you know he did enough in his um, exhibition with us that um, you know he's managed to garner a place in the league. Um, you know, he, we need we need to be able to rely on them. We don't need to come up and say. You know, and invariably, he misses the first kick and then he corrects everything. But one of those extra... The extra point where we'd initially gone for two, we got... We jumped off sides or whatever and we got pushed back five yards. Um, And then... So it then does become... And then we decided to go for a one. one, So it then became a... You know, it became almost like a... What was it? It's a 35-yard field goal, I think it is, with that extra... 38 with the extra five yards. Um, you know, that then, it has been questionable whether he can make that. And he did just curl it in through the post as well. So there's yeah. something that's leading him to kicking off to one side. Brett Maher still got a job in this league at the moment. Um, yeah. Now, that just goes to show how bad at the moment, who is it? Tucker and uh, Harrison Butker are the only one there um, are the only ones that are performing consistently um, yeah. kick, kicking is going down across the league anyway um, yeah. but we we really need to we do need to be able to rely on it um, yeah. because otherwise you're going to you're going to end up having to punt in situations where you don't want to be punting and great we've got a great punter in Brian Anger but you know you need to be able to rely on your getting points if your offense can't convert. So.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, not even that. It's when they do convert because you you look at player football, it's going to be very tight. You you Ideally, you're probably, or realistically rather, you're probably going to be trading touchdowns for a large portion of the game. Mm. Apart, you're going to be trading those seven points back and forth, but you need to get that seventh point. You need someone to make yep. Those kicks, and oftentimes those sorts of games, those hard slog games, you're gonna need. It's gonna be decided by a field goal or two.
1: Yeah.
2: And the Cowboys have shown that in regular season this year. Like I, I haven't got the ex- the exact statistic, but like yeah. I said, there's games we've lost, and it's been multiple games, only two, that we, we've lost we, we, by a total of eight points, and he's left fourteen on the field, and that's from yeah, PATs you... and penalties. When when you get games that are decided. By kicks or just scores kept to put the offense in a position to win it, you need the kicker to do his job. You need to be scoring points, and if you're missing pats, it's inexcusable.
1: Yeah, you look at you look at the Bears' um, playoff run in 20. When was it? 2018 went down to a double doink kick that came off both the crossbar and the you know, yep. one of the other bars, there was yep. a double doink. And, you know, had they converted that, could they have gone on? Could they, you know, it, as it happens, I think that was a turning point for their franchise. They lost a lot of players and then, you know, they've been in the doldrums. They've they've picked up um, Justin they've Fields the this Bears. year. They're, yeah, they've been the Bears. Um, you know, hmm. other teams, uh, something is as minuscule as missing a field goal kick in the playoffs because you haven't got a consistent kicker is, is can actually turn a team that has the, we talk about momentum and building it up that momentum. If you lose it, it can actually just completely destroy an organization for the next couple of years as well. Um, Because, because, you know, you end up finishing, um, you know, if, if Tampa Bay had missed a kick last year, would all these players come back for them this year? Oh, you know they—they re- first Super Bowl team for what forty years. Well, in the free agency market, where they returned all of their starters because nobody went off anywhere else. Um, yeah. You know, had had Tampa Bay, yeah, Brady got them to the NFC Championship game, and the you know, um, Aaron Rodgers had been able to go for that touchdown on the last drive. And then it had gone down to Brady, and you know had Brady missed a, or you know got them in field goal range, and they'd missed the kick. Would they have all come back next season to play for Brady? No, I don't think so. No.
2: And yeah. to put it in in perspective, obviously you guys know. For anyone who doesn't know, we obviously the admins of UK Cowboys we have a group chat on Facebook, and we you know, obviously we're around during the games. Generally, if and you guys can back me up, one of Mike's most common comments, if there's a missed field goal, there's a missed kick, Mike will say something along the lines of that could be costly further on in the game. It's one of his <laughs> like one of his favorite things to say. Yeah. I'll tell you what, more often than not, he's freaking right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But I I think I saw a stat during after the weekend's games that I think what there's 14 teams in the playoffs this year, and Mm. of those 14 teams, I think Zerline is statistically the worst ranked kicker of all 14 teams. That you know, if 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 you look at the names, you said Harrison Butker, Tyler Bass at Buffalo, um, who else is there? The Mason Crosby, who's had a down year, but is a consistent kicker ryan Suckup has been a great kicker this year for the Bucks. you know if you go down through you will see that those kickers are pretty long tenured they're very very accurate and very consistent and they don't tend to leave the team it's something that needs to be sorted out in this off season yeah Uh, Yeah. we're nearly an hour and 40 minutes in so i will pass it over to you gentlemen if there is anything else you want to say before we pay the bills
1: No, I Cowboys going have... Super
2: Bowl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, we'll leave it that. Way.
2: Yeah.
0: So, as I say, before we go, we will pay. We will pay the bills. And um, Rich, if you want to give a shout out to Barry and the team over at Cowboys experience.
2: Oh, oh, I've never done this before. I think I've done this once before, and I was terrible. Oh God, right. There's not really much point in it this year, really. But if you are heading over for the playoffs, or obviously next year, you want to have a good time, head up our guys at Cowboys Experience. They will treat you like absolute royalty. Just head over to the website. When you're booking everything, use the discount code UKCowboys. You can see it right there. If you do that, you will get treated like royalty. There's loads of extra stuff, meet and greets, a little bit of VIP treatment here and there, if you know what I'm saying. It's brilliant. It is genuinely top quality and if you don't i will hate you forever because it is free stuff at the end of the day and i hate people who don't take free stuff it's you have got to do nothing you have got to do nothing you may as well just say i'm not going to hate philly because that's free you know <laughs> that's 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 one of life's greatest two of, two of life's greatest gifts right there is hating on philly which we're going to be doing a lot of this weekend and getting free stuff don't be a clown. Get free stuff.
0: Hold on, one second, Rich. Now that we're we're back to you, give us the line.
2: I just said, don't be a clown. Use the code. Get free stuff.
0: There we go. And Lord, if you want, to give a shout out to our fellow content creators and friends.
1: Yeah. So, if if you're bored of a day, I would heartily suggest you listen to half of these guys. I mean, obviously, you've got the cow. You've got all the cowboys. Um, own media po- podcast, The Break, Talking Cowboys, Hanging With The Boys. Check out uh, Blogging The Boys as well. Um, You know, obviously we have guests on from uh, Meg and uh, Kelsey Charles from the Girls Talking Boys podcast. Neil Reynolds, Coffee With A Coach, um, Star Gang, Laws Nation. You know, all these guys are great listens to it and they'll help you pass the day and help build up your education as well.
0: To make sure and give them Hey, all we blood. we actually
2: agreed. We actually agreed a fair amount in that, Joe. You yeah. you even came back and said we agreed a fair amount. You know, there's nothing wrong, <laughs> nothing wrong with a bit of bit of friendly debate. Not wrong with that. Yeah. As long as we equally hate Philly, that's fine with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. There we go. As we say, Joe, we weren't we weren't trying to pick on you in any way. It's just great to have these conversations because this is what everyone the good Nation... Is having make, conversations he, about. So make good get points. He there. got
2: involved. Get involved. Yeah, make good points. We'll pick on you for a change. It's like the front row at a comedy club, but less funny.
0: <laughs> but there we go. As always, nine o'clock on Thursday evening. Mike and the guys will be here to talk about the upcoming game with that team at some dump in Pennsylvania on Saturday night. And um, don't forget <laughs> Don't forget, the game is on Saturday night at 1.15 uh, local time here in the UK and yeah. Ireland. Um, I think it's 8.15 for all of you on the East Coast of America. Yeah, that's a funky one. in Dallas. Yes.
2: This going to be yeah. funky, like, watching football on Saturday night, like NFL on Saturday night. I'm all for yeah. it, man. I'm genuinely looking forward yeah. to it. Because now we're yeah. going to have, like, a victory Sunday. I'm not going to be, like, crazy tired going into work. Yeah, it's going to be awesome
0: yep. <laughs> it's going to be worth it so as we say, tune in to the guys Thursday evening and enjoy it it's a good night for me we'll pass it over to Rich and Lauren
1: yeah it's a good yeah, night for me generally good Hope night for me back, back to work tomorrow after a long Christmas holiday so um, hopefully see you Thursday night if I'm on
2: uh, see trick you to that, all man. soon get yourself Covid, don't have to go into work <laughs> <laughs> don't get COVID. of it.